אנו מכריזים בזאת על הקמת מדינה יהודית בארץ ישראל. That scratchy recording is Israeli leader David Ben-Gurion announcing Israel's declaration of independence on Friday, May 14th, 73 years ago today in 1948. Although this year the event was actually marked in April, according to the Hebrew calendar. But the anniversary comes as Israel is in an eerily similar situation, heading into a weekend with Arab fighters launching barrages of rockets from Gaza and outbreaks of violence between Jews and Palestinians, while Israeli forces strike back against Hamas targets. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Friday, May 14th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. As Canadian Jews get set to observe the religious festival of Shavuot, which marks the giving of the Torah to Moses on Mount Sinai, many are also attending community rallies online and prayer services for peace in Israel. Meanwhile, Israelis are seeking shelter in safe rooms and bunkers, and more violence is expected Saturday when Palestinians observe Nakba Day, the day of Palestinian destruction, when the Israeli War of Independence began on May 15, 1948. Coming up, we'll hear why David Ben-Gurion decided to hurry up and declare the state of Israel in a secret ceremony in the basement of a Tel Aviv building, and why they almost called Israel by a different name. Joining me now is David Matlow. He's a Canadian with the world's largest collection of Herzl memorabilia and Zionism artifacts, and he's the author of the regular Treasure Trove column for the CJN. Hello, David. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Ellen. Thanks for having me. So you have an artifact to show us and tell us about it and maybe about the environment in which it was produced. What I'm going to be showing is an invitation to the Declaration of Independence Ceremony, which took place at uh, 4 p.m. on Friday, May 14, 1948. This was the ceremony where David Ben-Gurion read the Declaration of Independence and The invitation, which was for the most momentous event in the history of the Jewish people for the last 2,000 years, was a plain piece of paper, typed, folded, delivered by bicycle courier. And it invited people to the Tel Aviv Museum, which is on Rothschild Street, and that's where the Declaration of Independence was read. So why was it in that building? And the reason was that was a very secure building and the ceremony itself, instead of being in a theater or an auditorium or outside, was in a the basement of the building because there was concern that it would be interrupted by enemies of Israel, the Arabs who had already started fighting with the state even before it was created. So you said that it was, I want to look at it for a second. It talks about the, the, the location. It doesn't really say whose names are, there's no names. It's just sort of like the collective or, you know, like it's kind of anonymous. It seems weird, no, for were, a formal invitation. There were 300 or so people invited. It was a very small room. And it was, the invitation says to keep this a secret. But to answer your question, what was the mood like at the time? On the one hand, There was great jubilation and excitement, but there was also great fear. The prior day, on Thursday, May 13th, in Kfar Etzion, there was a massacre of 127 uh, Jewish men and women that David Ben-Gurion learned about that at two in the morning on May 14th. So he was seized with this heaviness of the great risk and danger that the enemies of the new state 
were gathering to do harm and to destroy it as soon as it was born. Like, why did they choose to go the 14th? It's an excellent question. The UN partition resolution of November 29th, 1947, which caused called for the creation of a Jewish state, contemplated that the British mandate would end within a specified period. And the British decided to leave as a final shtuch to the Jewish people at midnight on Friday. So it had to be done before sundown, before Shabbat, which is why the declaration ceremony took place at four o'clock. So then the next thing that happened was, of course, um, they had a, a state and as a state, they have um, a sitting of the, of the government. So what's your next artifact and how does that relate to the next steps? The very first action of the state, which was re- uh, recorded in this book, the Eton Rishmi, it's like the official gazette that we have in, in the Parliament of Canada. The very first item in this, this is from 1948, is the Declaration of Independence. And after that, the first law passed simultaneously with the Declaration of the State of Israel was to terminate the restrictions that the British imposed in the White Paper of 1939. The very first act of the new Israeli government was to eliminate all restrictions on immigration to Israel and all restrictions that the British imposed on Jews buying land in Eretz Israel. And just imagine all the things that you need to do between the Thursday, May 13th, and Friday, May 14th, to have a state in, in creation, army, police, telephone system, Uh, highways, uh, currency, um, everything, including postage stamps, which is the next interesting and third item that I want to share with everyone. Okay, so this postage stamp that you have as a first day cover, there's something missing that one would expect to see on the first stamps of a new country, is there not? Yes, well, absolutely. If you look at this and those who read Hebrew would see Doar Ivri, Hebrew Post, And it was issued May the 16th, which is the Sunday. The declaration was on the Friday. This is on the Sunday. So why does it say Doar Ivri? And the reason is because these stamps had to be printed before the name of the country was known. It was only when David Ben-Gurion read the Declaration of Independence did the world know that the new country would be called Midinat Yisrael, the State of Israel. That is incredible. When did they print the next stamps that actually had the State of Israel's name on it? It was for the high holidays which would have been in the fall, so four or five months later. One last thing I want to ask before we end. Now, is it true that the state of Israel may have not actually been called the state of Israel at the last minute? They had to make a decision, like naming a child, you know? Usually you know what you're going to name the child, but not in this case. So there were discussions in connection with settling all the myriad of items to create the state on that Friday, what the country would be called. There were choices, uh, Eretz Israel, Ever, Yehuda, and ultimately it was decided to be Midinat Yisrael, and the world only knew about that when David Ben-Gurion said that the name of the country is Midinat Yisrael, the state of Israel. David, thank you so much for your treasure trove for the CJN Daily. My pleasure. You should know that David's father, Irving Matlow, was one of the 300 Canadians who served as a foreign volunteer, or Machalnik, in the 1948 Israel War of Independence. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this edition of the CJN Daily, brought to you by Metropia. 
integrity, community, quality, and customer care. I'm Ellen Besner, and you can reach me at ebesner at thecjn.ca. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, wherever, and also on the cjn.ca website, where we post them every day. We'll have a bonus episode for you on Sunday because we're off for Shavuot, and we'll be back on Wednesday morning. In the meantime, please check out the CJN's other podcasts, including the current affairs show, Bonjour Chai. We'll end off this episode with more from the Israel Declaration of Independence in 1948.